guys, I'm Jen, owner of Jen Davis Design. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. We're so excited to welcome you to Better, a brand designer podcast. We have open and honest discussions about what it's really like to run a design business, diving into the stuff you just don't see on Instagram. We're all about giving you actionable advice and fostering a supportive community of the coworkers you're missing. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. We're so excited to be hanging out with you guys today. We are also pumped because we have a very special guest, Jane Scudder from The New Exec is here to chat with us today. Thank you so much for coming on, Jane. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we get started, you guys all know we do a little intro question, break the ice. So Giselle, if you're shopping at a store and something catches your eye, what is it most likely to be? All right. So for me, whenever I'm at the grocery store or something, like let's say I'm at the wine section, the one thing that usually catches my eye is gold foil accents. And it has to be a very like stark contrast. So it has to be like a dark label with the gold foil sticking out. And I just love it. And it makes me want to read the whole label. <laughs> yes, that's so good. Oh my goodness. Jane, how about you? I love this question. And I'm going to give a non-designer answer, <laughs> which will be reveal- revealing of who I am as a human. But it's <laughs> any like tchotchke, right? And not that I buy them all, but... <laughs> or Or what I really love, and this is... Also, when I, when I travel, I, I collect mugs when I travel because they're practical, right? You use a mug every day, at least I do. And rather than having magnets or this or that all over the house, all of my mugs are quirky and from fun places. So I, those stand out to me when I'm, when I'm at shops as well, alongside the little doodads that I try to restrain myself from buying. I love that so much because right now I'm actually using a mug that one of my friends got me for Christmas and I think of her every single time that I'm that I use it. So I could imagine that you think about these like special moments in your trips when you bought the mug. Exactly. I used one from the Second City a comedy, you know, place this yes. morning. Yes. I went to <laughs> I, I went to school in Northwestern in Chicago, oh. so I love Second City. <laughs> yeah, I used a Second City mug this morning, so Oh, that's amazing. Um, I think for me, um, this actually happened to me at Sephora the other day. Like really like cute packaging is it just it calls my name. So if there's anything that's shaped like a fruit or like an animal or if it has a face or it's really unique and it doesn't look like any other package out there. Like I bought this hand lotion that I didn't need because the package is shaped like a peach and I thought it was hilarious. So <laughs> so that that's what catches my eye and makes me want to buy it. Because if it's cute sitting on my desk, it just makes me happy and it makes me want to use it. So I don't know. Designer, designer problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a because we're a brand designer podcast, Jane. We're going to be talking a lot about design stuff here. <laughs> I, I I worked in the advertising space part of me for years, so I I welcome it, but won't have the same perspective. <laughs> no, you're fine. Or ch- chops is the is the better word. So we're super excited to have Jane on the podcast today because she has a plethora of amazing advice and wisdom as a business coach. She has worked with me actually for about six months, I believe. Um, And it has just transformed the way that I think about myself as a CEO and stepping into that role, which is why we're super excited to have Jane here to 
tell us a little bit more about that and a little more about just many of the things I'm sure like we could only tap into like 1% of what she knows. So (laughs) welcome. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. Jane, would you like to introduce yourself, share a little bit of your background and let people know who you are and what you do? Happy to, happy to. And I'll, I'll, I'll skim the work that I did in a past life because it, it was in a more design functional area. But right now I, I work in leadership and I run a leadership development firm called The New Exec. What that means, what we do, do lots of things from one-to-one executive leadership and business coaching with entrepreneurs, uh, leaders, political candidates, really anyone on confidence development, management competencies, stretching into new roles, overall performance improvement. Also do a lot of cultural work, facilitation, team building, team trainings with organizations across the country, across the globe virtually as well, which is pretty neat. Uh, so that's that's the gist of the work that we do. And we're, we've started just to do more and more events over the past um, eight or nine months. Prior to all this, I worked in advertising for 10 years, never as a designer, as a brand strategist and marketing manager on TV, point-of-sale merchandising, uh, digital sales support, you name it, I, I, I had likely some exposure to it and have really was able to use the, the cultural nuances that I uh, continue to use today um, with the, the teams that I worked with. And that's why I love working with designers because I think that the approach of digging into how a company, how a person, how a product is constructed and how it connects with someone on a human or um, mental level, um, that, that's, that's kind of what I do as well with individuals. That totally makes sense. I mean, it is, I mean, personal branding is probably a phrase that you use all the time with your clients and probably have a lot of experience with. So that's so interesting. I never thought of it that way. Would you like to share as well why you named your business the new exec? I wonder what part I told you, but the the real <laughs> the real truth of it is, you know, the company has been has had a couple of different naming naming iterations, and it was always really important to me that. And look, I'm not going to hate on people who are Instagram kind of MLME coaches, but the, I, I've had this kind of I have a love hate relationship with the coaching industry. Full disclosure here. And it was really, really important to me as a certified professional and someone who works with entrepreneurs and leaders to have a lot of legitimacy. And you know, and your listeners know how much a brand really builds legitimacy. You know, I, I didn't want it just to be Jane Scudder coaching, which at one point it was. And I, I honestly kind of let my brain percolate for months and years. And no joke, at some point I was sitting on the couch in my apartment in Chicago steps away from where I come to you now. I'm behind a, a wall and a door. And it, I just kind of thought, it, it just kind of came to me. And I was texting with some girlfriends from home and I ran it past them and I said, is this, is this cringy? Is this weird? And they said, no, this is really good. And and what I loved about it, what I do, what, what I still love about it the most, and what it really means is I, I'm not the new exec, right? Like The new exec is my client, but it's an organization or an individual, and it's about stepping into this new part of you and part of your business and this role that we then might need some support to really do in a thoughtful, productive way. 
that's one of the things that I talk about with my clients when I'm presenting brand strategies or concepts to them. I'm like, we need to get into the shoes of our of our potential client, like of that ideal client. Like, what do they want to see from you? Like, what do they, like, what are we selling to them? Like, it's not necessarily like a logo, you know, it's like a new identity for their business. So I love that. And I didn't read it as, you know, you are the new exec. I, it, it, I was like, oh, her clients are like this, you know, up-leveled versions of themselves. Like that's exactly what I got from it. And on this, this is where some of my, maybe my background will, will, will show up too much and you can restrain me. But I find a lot of, my opinion, a lot of service providers, right? Business owners who are consultants or you know, provide a service, they tend to name themselves about themselves, right? It's like Jane's got her coaching or Jane's got her consulting. And I didn't want to do that because I'm, it's not about me. The service, the product, it's not about me. It's about the audience. And I'm sure you're on, you're, the listeners know that, but I find that folks who don't have that background, it's really hard to come to this reality that the way that you talk about your business is, is not about you. It's about your audience. Yes. So true. And like, I have been, I have been thinking just like you said, percolating and kind of just like mulling it over I do eventually want to change like shift my business name it is Jen Davis design right now because that's what I started with but like I do feel this pull in my heart to kind of move it towards like what like you know do a rebrand I mean I know do a rebrand on myself every three months which is like not what you're supposed to do but like you know I, I I feel that that pull kind of um just in my heart to to move the business away from my name especially as an, I'm starting to hire a team now you know it's not necessarily all Jen Davis now you might be working with someone else so yeah it's definitely some like a big thing to think about and people love talking about like naming and you know should I use my name should I not like this is a really great perspective perspective and something that I think our listeners can really benefit from. Yeah, I think personal branding is just so hard. And even like, even though I'm Wander Design Co, I still have a hard time like thinking when should I be shining as a brand and when should I let the client work shine instead? And I constantly fighting with that as well. <laughs> it's not just me. Good. Yeah. <laughs> or me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yes. So so Jane, we are very excited to have you, as I've said a million times, but I can't say it enough. And I would love for you to start talking about um, or sharing about like the roles that we take as business owners, um, specifically thinking about a designer role, let's say, or a freelancer, um, how they start off, let, maybe they start off with their own name and then they start building this, what is more of like a business and bringing in other people um, and the kind of shifts that you have to make or that you've seen people have to make and struggle with. Uh, do you want to uh, talk a little bit about that? Would love to. And it, it, it's, it's interesting that this question and what I'll share about and, and, and unpack, pardon me, is actually really tied to this bigger thing of branding and naming and how we talk about our businesses and our work. Um, so I, I see this a lot with designers as well as consultants, accountants, you name it, right? Coaches. And, and, and broadly, what I'll offer and then get back to your specific question is when we're really good at one thing, right? A functional area, a practice, whether it is accounting, whether it's designing, whether it's building training programs, being a coach, being an aesthetician, right? You name it. 
when you, you, you master that thing and you decide, I want to now work for myself or I want to build a company, there are these different steps. They're not linear, but when you now work for yourself, freelancer or with a team underneath you, yeah, hopefully a good amount of your time is, is going to be still doing that thing, that practice area, that function that you love. But what I see again and again and again is that service provider business owners bump against this moment of, huh, there's a whole lot more to do. And even when we understand, yes, I'll be responsible for my healthcare and my you know, taxes and it's my device, I don't have an IT person to call, it, it always, I mean, in my experience working with entrepreneurs, there's never been one person who has fully understood, now that I run my own thing, I have to be the designer and the client services manager, and the IT person, and the marketer, and the strategist for my own product, and think about what, what my plan is six months, 18 months, 24 months, 36 months downstream from a business development standpoint, right? And the different hats that business owners, especially freelancers, have to wear and have to get good at artfully and consciously toggling in between it's one of the biggest challenges I see that people struggle with. But when you master it, and you absolutely can, when you master it, that's when your growth begins to explode and you get so effing good. I'm just so mind blown right now because like I I recognize those different you know, sections of my business. And Jane, just to give you a little bit background, a little background on my business, I, I'm just about a year in, or actually just about over a year in. I started January 1 of last year. And so I'm very much in the phase of like, now starting to realize that I'm doing all those things rather than just doing them because I needed to get them done. Like I need to send the client an email. I need to schedule the project to end on a certain date. I need to send an invoice. I need to design a logo. You know, like I just, everything was blended. And so now things are starting to kind of materialize as these different sections. And I love the way you you articulated that, that it's these just, you know, being able to master switching between those different roles when it's just the same person is incredibly challenging. And so I I totally am resonating with what you're saying because like I, I would say I probably spend 80% of my time as a designer. And I know that like in order to grow my business, I'm going to need to lessen that percentage and you know either outsource or you know take on a larger chunk of you know the project management and like the visioning and you know the planning and stuff like that. So Jane, one of the things that you really blew my mind about that has helped me so much in my business is that you've helped me understand when and and of like how to play the designer card, the manager card and the CEO card in my business. So when I'm pulling in like different parts of myself and making decisions based off of what hat, quote unquote, I'm wearing. And would you like to talk a little bit about that to our audience? Yeah, I'd love to. This is one of my favorite things to use with any client, entrepreneur or otherwise. And it, it, it plays into the reality of what you just said, Giselle, that you know, we each have these different demands in our time and different parts of us that really have spaces where they, 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 they are effective and then spaces where they're not. And what I mean by that is you know, the qualities of a great designer or a great strategist, they're not necessarily at odds with the qualities of being a great business owner, but they're not always congruent. They're not always the exact same thing. So especially when someone is going 
from working at a shop and then going freelance, maybe building a team out, those three types of work require different skill sets. And mm -hmm. it's, it's not enough just for a designer to say, I'm really hella good at you know, using InDesign. Great, that's gonna get you a great portfolio. But as your company and your work expands, we have to be thoughtful about the qualities that we want to cultivate and stretch into with a team, with a client, with business, business development or other efforts. So I love working with folks to identify, hey, what are the hats that I need to be putting on, you know, putting on my head and taking off my head in the proverbial sense throughout my day? And how can I more consciously understand what I need to be doing, how I need to be when I'm wearing those different hats? And when I'm, when I'm working on a client's project, you know, a new website, a logo, a training session, um, someone's taxes, whatever. Those are, that requires very different skills to be flexed than when you're in a networking meeting or trying to snake, sell your business or having a, a conversation with a mentor about where you want to be three years from now. And I, I believe that we can really get thoughtful about defining those parts of us so we can then more consciously move through those. I love that you just use the word consciously. <laughs> I think that that is a very important thing to think about when we're switching between these different hats, because like I mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes I'm just doing it unconsciously and that isn't always the most efficient way to go about it. And so that kind of, I feel like leads us into our, our, our next question about CEO days. And we would love if you could share a little bit about what that means for you and your clients and how the, any advice that you have for our listeners about implementing these days so that it makes it easy to switch in between those hats or those roles. Happy to. So a, a CEO day for me is a day where you're the CEO. That is the hat that you have on all day. And that in itself can be really overwhelming, right? Just thinking about your business strategically for eight, nine, 10, 12 hours and nothing else. Yeah. If eight, nine, 10, 12, five hours is too much, too overwhelming to start, great. Start with four. Start with three. Start with two. The idea of a CEO day is to, especially as you're beginning to build out your business, whether that includes a team or thinking about yourself as more than simply a, a, a consultant or freelancer. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But if someone wants to begin to build a creative shop or a consulting agency or a tax firm or uh, these are the, the examples that are in my head now or a, a salon where they have other folks working with and for them, just like a manager at a corporation cannot just do their work and ignore the people and the other supervisory and organizational tasks, nor can a business owner, even when you're just working by yourself to start. So a CEO day literally forces you to elevate yourself up and pause your email, pause your inbox, say, hey, it's just two hours. I could theoretically be having a different client conversation, so if I don't respond to this email, for two or three or four or six hours, they're not gonna know. And so when I use these on my own, this is where I'd say for an advice perspective, I don't do a full day typically, I'm gonna be honest. That's because what I've learned, what I need from this is it's less administrative, it's less supervisory, it's deep thinking for me. 
And starting around September of last year, September, 2019, I started to hold my Thursdays and I don't take meetings on Thursdays. Yes, I, I will take meetings or calls on Thursdays, but I really am thoughtful about which ones. Mm -hmm. I almost never take them early in the morning. And so I almost always hold my Thursday morning until 10 or 11 a.m. And it has become this time where my brain just gets to think. And I understand that there is this, not everyone can have this, but there have been days, y'all, where I've had a slow morning and on a second or a third cup of tea at my kitchen, you know, at my kitchen island, I just had an idea and I would grab scratch paper. I kind of run to my office and grab a notebook. And there's one day in particular, I just started to scribble out these ideas, this concept. And I was in such a state of deep thinking flow where no joke, I scratched out this idea for something I'm in the middle of launching right now, three or four months later over the course of maybe 18 minutes. Wow. And that wow. would not have happened if I didn't give myself that time. Exactly. Like I think with the CEO days and uh, same for me, I don't do a full day. I'll just do like a few hours on Tuesdays. Sometimes I have to change it up, but it, it's what's helped me stop just working in my business and start working on my business without feeling guilty. And like we were joking about that whole inbox thing, but it's true. Like you, you just get so like hung up on, the inbox and like being there for the client and doing all this work and then feeling like even just labeling it a CEO day makes it feel like, like something that you're, you're supposed to do same as you're supposed to do client work. For exactly. me, that's how it's helped. Yes. I, I mean, I love that. I've seen Giselle, I've seen, you know, you say, Hey, like I'm taking this day off not from, you know, because I want to go to the beach, but because I am, you know, putting my CEO hat on and I'm doing some, some deep strategy for my business. And that's, that's honestly been really inspiring for me. Um, and, and I know it's inspiring for our listeners as well. So, I mean, thank you both for, for sharing all of this. Like, this is just making me want to go outside for a walk and not bring my headphones and just think and, you know, because <laughs> I, I love that type of thing. I'm a yoga teacher. You know, I love taking that space away from my desk and mm -hmm. the best ideas always come to you in the shower. It's a reality, you know, so why not make that space for yourself? That's, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that with us, Jane. Do you have any advice for how freelancers or like aspiring business owners can step into that CEO role? I do. And th this is something that you can do on your own. I mean, I advocate doing this with another person just because it's, it's really hard to get outside of our own he heads. Yeah. <laughs> even, if, <laughs> even if we're yeah. good journalers and meditators, it's, it's hard, right? It's a learned so skill. Hard. Yeah. And so it, it could even be a peer, someone who's in the same industry or a different industry, a mentor, a coach, just like anything. And you know, in a conversation with them or brainstorming on, on your own, I encourage people to think about like, what are, what are some attributes that I make up are important for CEOs, managers, business owners to hold, right? And we're not saying that all these need to become your attributes, but just kind of get down, get down on the paper, what you believe are things that a CEO is responsible for. And here's where the conversation becomes important, right? Some people, especially in creative functions, will say, well, CEO is this staunch old guy who has, 
40 years of experience and he's a banker and there's this and that and he's not me at all. And yeah, that, that's not you. But if you run your own company and if this is your ear, even if it's not your full-time job, but especially if your business is your full-time job, you are a CEO. And the first step is to you know, make sense of this disconnect of what you think a CEO is and then who you are as a CEO. Mm -hmm. So I advocate laying out, like, what do you make up about these CEOs that exist out in the ether? And then, yeah. okay, maybe you're not those things. You don't connect with those. Who are you? What, what are the attributes of you as a CEO? And some people do well to actually imagine and envision this kind of like sliced off part of them. When you are the CEO showing up as your best business self in the meeting, making the deal, wearing whatever outfit it is that makes you feel confident. For me, whenever mm -hmm. I need to slap on a bit of confidence, I need to be wearing a red lip. So my CEO has that going for her. I love that. That's amazing. So I encourage people to really blow this out, right? Get clear on what you make up about CEOs and what you don't like about them maybe stereotypically, sorry, then come up with who you are as this CEO. And for some people, this is where they're, they're, we can shock ourselves almost and realize, holy shit, like I, I really do have these qualities or I want these qualities or I want them, but I don't, I don't show up with them all these ways. And we begin to craft this persona, this version of ourselves. And over time, you can connect with this version, the CEO part of you more and more. And I have, you know, questions that I, I ask folks um, to help fill this out that I can actually send to you. You can put maybe in the show notes, six, five or six questions. Oh, yeah. So great. Yeah, we'd love that. And the idea here is that the more you get to know this part of you, the CEO part of you, the easier it is to call them in. And before a big client meeting, before a strategy day, before you have to do your taxes, whatever it is. You can connect back to that part of you. And over time, this becomes this muscle that you can flex more and more and more easily that'll really help you think more strategically for your business. I love that so much. And to our listeners, what Jane just said right now is like so impactful to get over that imposter syndrome that we're constantly dealing with. You know, thinking as, you know, I'm not a CEO, like, and like Jane was saying, uh, deciding what, what is it in your head that you think a CEO is, but what is also like the kind of CEO that you want to be. And that's something that I personally struggled with a lot because I did think about like that banker or those, you know, upper 40s and 50 guys that are CEOs. And I felt like if I called myself a CEO, I just, I just felt really dumb. <laughs> and I now, even like, struggle with creative director when someone asks for like my business position it's like uh -huh. creative director I mean I'm creative directing myself or I guess I have a team <laughs> like I don't know you know like it, it that's so so true like we just hold ourselves back so much and this exercise helps take you outside of yourself and makes you realize that you can define what you want your own CEO to be. That's, that's a mind blowing concept for me right now. Like, I feel like my life's being changed. This is amazing. <laughs> Make a podcast and then totally like learn so much about yourself. Love it. <laughs> Jane, is there anything else you would like to add? Gosh, just go and do this. Right? No, for real. Like it, it's, 
especially for anyone. And I'll, I'll even, I'll use you, Jen, as an example in a very yeah. small way. If that's okay with you. That's like, totally great. Jen, you run your own damn business. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know, girl. <laughs> you run your own business. Yes. You are a CEO. I am. Darn it. <laughs> yeah. You're also a creative director. I guess I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like this. I'm going to go put a cute outfit on, like do my hair. <laughs> For real. I'm not wearing a cute outfit right now. I'll be really honest. <laughs> <laughs> My my version of the red lip, by the way, is the eyeliner. I love doing the eyeliner mm. when I'm going out for a meeting or something like that. It just makes me feel like, I don't know. Yes, guys, I saw Gis- Giselle and I recorded a video like <laughs> when or a podcast when she was about to go to a networking event. I was like, who is this girl that just walked up in here and how can I hire her? <laughs> like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it was amazing. You were totally manifesting and I loved every second of it. <laughs> it it's is powerful. important. It is. It's so powerful and it's it's not this superfluous or, or frilly thing to find these things that help us. In fact, as you blow out this persona, this part of you, the CEO, it's a part of you, right? It's not this other entity. As you figure out who this part of you is, and I'm, I'm consciously not saying she or he, it, it's anything. It could be it could be anything. I'm looking at a tree. I don't know if it's going to be a tree, but maybe it's something. Once you begin to blow this thing out, you can then figure out what are the what are the accessories that this part of me likes, whether it's, it's eyeliner or a red lip or a great blazer or a pair of glasses. I know I know people who like, will not not take important meetings without glasses. That's that's their own thing, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And these little tchotchkes, right, going full circle into maybe why I love tchotchkes. <laughs> these these can help us. Um, so truthfully, the one thing I would say is take a stab at defining this for yourself because it, it really can be to your listeners, it really can be this powerful way to step into who you are, not just as a fabulous designer, but as a fantastic business person. And that's who you are. Mm -hmm. I feel so empowered right now, Jane. I just want you to know that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, uh, tell us a little bit about any workshops coming up in Chicago or near the area that people can check out or um, how they can find you, how they can work with you. The best way to reach out to me, to reach out, um, you can find me at janestutter.com and my company, The New Exec, at thenewexec.com. You can email me directly, jane at janestutter.com or hello with the new exec. All the emails go to the same place to my office. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) Always excited to connect with entrepreneurs, leaders, anyone who's looking to level up their business. We can talk about how coaching or any other kind of support might be able to do that for you. Amazing. Yeah. I know we have a lot of listeners um, in our Facebook community who are constantly saying, hey, I think I'm ready to hire a business coach. I have no idea where to start. So for all those people out there, if you're listening right now, Jane is I mean, would be such a great, you know, reaching out to her would be such a great first step for you. If you're in that space of thinking like, how am I going to bring my business to that next level? I need some sort of support. So we highly, highly recommend better approved. (laughs) And and along those lines, and I'd say this for any coach, I, I don't just always offer, I I always require sample sessions. So I give anyone who wants a sample session, a a completely free 
30 minute coaching call with me. It's real coaching on anything you want to talk about. No obligation, truthfully. It gives you a sense of my style and what coaching might be like for you. And any coach that you ever consider working with, I believe deeply should be offering this so that you can mm-hmm. get a sense of fit on both ends. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you guys, the best investment you can make is in yourself. So <laughs> if you're considering it, really just follow through and yes. at least have a, a, a sample coaching session. For sure. It's free. Why not? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> What's there to lose? Everything to gain. Awesome. So we're going to move into our inbox question. And today's question is from Anna Luisa. She asks, how much is too much to share about yourself? Since most people like knowing a bit about who's behind the designs, I'm afraid sometimes to overshare and make my Instagram look like a diary. Who would like to go first? <laughs> Ooh. I, I'll just jump in and just give my two cents. Um, this is coming from someone who is pretty private on social media. I know it may not seem like that because I have a bunch of pictures of myself on there, but that's from a branding shoot that I did. <laughs> I like to keep everything pretty pretty branded on my Instagram. And this is something that I struggle with too. I think that there's no one answer, of course, the most boring answer ever. Um, but you have to just think about, you know, go back to your target audience. Are they going to respond to really getting to know, you know, the ins and outs of your day and like what you ate for lunch and you know, what you, where you went this weekend. If so, if you feel like that's going to be a benefit for you and your business, then, then share those things and be confident about it. Whereas if you feel like, you know, you'd rather spend that space marketing by educating about your services or doing more businessy things, you can still infuse your personality that way, but it really depends on your client. And that's, that's going to be the answer that I stick with for sure. But I feel you, it's hard. It's, it's hard to blend life, personal stuff in your business. I agree with everything Jen said and to, to add in a slightly different angle a bit is figure out what this channel is for you, right? We obviously want to think about from a business and branding and marketing perspective what the client and our to be customer might need, but like, what is your Instagram? Is your Instagram for you and your friends and your family or is it a business building tool? Same thing with LinkedIn and Facebook and anything else. And mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong and there, there's no, one answer to Jen's point, but if someone decides, hey, my Instagram is literally the place where I want to share photos of my kids or my family, awesome, that's fantastic, and that's maybe what it should stay as. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if it's a business building channel, then great, maybe that's how it stays. So then I, I think that kind of next variation of this question or next piece is, do you blend the two? People want to get you know know the person behind the scenes going back to what Jen said and thinking about the intent of the channel for you, it's figuring out that balance is a super personal piece. Um, I'm a big experimenter, trying things, deciding it works, it doesn't work. Um, Obviously things on the internet are on the internet forever, but at the same time, if you post something on Instagram and it doesn't go that well, or it doesn't receive the many likes or good engagement, you can delete it. Yeah. So I tell, I think it's a, it's, you know, it's a personal thing. No, no one size fits all answer. It's all about experimenting and worst case you learn from it and you adjust course going forward. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And Jane, you have, do you have one account or do you have a personal one as well? I do, but I mean, I'm, I'm also private, but I also don't care that much. Like I'm not hiding stuff about my life. So (laughs) I'm, 
I'm pretty open. Um, at the same time, I don't put out really uber personal things onto yeah. the internet to begin with. Cause I, I love following your Instagram because you have, um, I follow the new exec and yeah. I remember like you were posting a lot about your, cause Jane travels a lot for you guys that don't know. Um, and I love following all of that stuff too. So it brings in like a more multidimensional person in my mind whenever I think of Jane, as opposed to just like through our coaching sessions. So yeah. especially as a service provider, I think having that element of bringing in your personality and your values, whichever way that might be for you, whether it's sharing a lot more or sharing very little and or sharing like through the client experience or sharing through like personal experiences. I think considering that is if you're building this as for your business, I personally have like what feels like a completely different life. (laughs) So I actually have two accounts. I have, um, my personal account, which is Giselle Wanders, and it's actually not private. So it's basically like my love for travel and climbing. Yeah. And, you know, people on my Wander Design account don't care for that. So I'm not going to post on there and vice versa. People on my personal account don't care about the work that I'm doing. And I know this because I used to have one account and I would post on my personal, like my work and people just weren't receptive to it. So that's when I decided to change and make two accounts. And it also helps me understand like who I'm talking to on that channel. Um, Like you guys were saying, like knowing what you're using it for and who you're talking to is a very helpful way to figure out what you want to post. Amazing. So good. And it's like a really big question for a lot of people. Should I have two or should I have one? You know? Yeah. 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 No, I, (laughs) I wish we could be here and be like you, this is the way you're supposed to do it. But you guys know our answer to every question is, well, it depends. Um, Figure it out for yourself. And I I I have to as well. I I think I do what what Giselle does as well. And, um, so I have Jane Sutter and then I have the new exec. And one thing that I'll pull out is I, and I think a lot of budding and established business owners can struggle with this, this idea of, not wanting to be hawking your business to your family and friends too much, right? What's that right balance? Mm-hmm. And having two accounts actually helped me with that, both on Instagram and Facebook and on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's pretty important for my business. So when I want to post something about an event or about an article, but I think, ooh, I just did another post, businessy on Jane Sutter, I just toggle over to the new exec and everything is there. And if people don't want to follow it, or engage with it, awesome. But especially on LinkedIn, I realized people do want to follow it and they do want to engage, but they actually may not want to follow me. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. And it's actually mm. been super empowering for me to have a place to post things that felt a little, a little more in your face promotional. And I've, I've been honestly really blown away by the positive feedback of my friends saying, or my family saying, Oh, post more, post more. I think, okay. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I've been enjoying LinkedIn a bit more because of that as well. Like just kind of tapping into that very briefly, but it's, it's been something that I'm like excited to dive into more. I wish we could talk for longer, but uh, I know you have to go and thank you so much for being one of our guests today. It means a lot to us. For you taking the time. Thank you so, so much for having me, thinking of me, and for your listeners for spending some time with me as well.
Absolutely. Amazing. Um, So we will see you guys in the next episode and in the Facebook group. Be sure to check out Jane on her website and on Instagram. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly or are interested in a guest interview slot, reach out at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. There are so many amazing conversations happening inside our Facebook community. We'd love to hang out with you in there. Search for Better the Brand Designer podcast to join us. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and each other.